In today's show, we're looking at buy lows and sell highs, players who are under and overperforming, and we're listening to Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball, b-ball, on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball, on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball, and Substack, joshlloyd48.substack.com. That's free. Guys, today's episode is brought to you by Jennifer and Sweatblock. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with the promo code Locked On at sweatblock.com, also available on Amazon. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're going to do buy lows and sell highs. Just a quick update. I will talk about it on other shows. Carl Anthony Towns, if you haven't heard, calf strain, four to six weeks. So the Achilles injury has been avoided. A grade three calf strain has been avoided. This is probably, they haven't said exactly, I'd say it's like a grade two. Calf strain, you always want to push towards the end of those time frames, especially on lower body injuries. So let's say six weeks, let's say early January that he returns. I think it is going to be Kyle An- or Jaden McDaniels, Kyle Anderson, Jalen Noel, Torian Prince, who's currently out. Like that's the order of ads, whereas Prince and is not really a 12-team ad. Noel's a borderline guy. I think Anderson's the guy, but he's not going to help you in scoring, obviously. Um, and there's the short-term value. I don't think it really impacts Rudy Gobert significantly. Maybe there's an extra shot. Anthony Edwards gets more shot attempts. D'Angelo Russell gets more shot attempts. Jaden McDaniels gets more shot attempts. But I don't think having no towns there means, well, all of a sudden, Gobert's going to be a 20-usage guy and is going to pull down 18 rebounds a game or anything like that. It's just not how that works, I don't think. Um, but we'll find out, won't we? I, you know, that's great. You're not buying, we're not adding Gobert or anything like that. Like he's on your roster. There is maybe a marginal boost. I don't think it's going to be gigantic. The big one's going to be the extra minutes for Anderson, the extra opportunity for McDaniels, extra minutes for Noel. And again, they might start Austin Rivers and not Kyle Anderson. That is a possibility. I wouldn't add Austin Rivers in that scenario. All right, that's all of that out of the way. So, well, not all of it. We'll talk more about it later in one of the other shows, but we're going to talk buy low, sell high. So warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. All right. Okay. Um, week five recap. This was the buy low, sell high show. Two buy low, sell high show. Yeah, that's it. Two weeks ago. So let's see how we did. Josh Hart. Is it, well, so what we do on the buy low, sell high shows? We look at the rankings per game over a two week window. So when we did it last time, Josh Hart in the two weeks prior to this was the 250th ranked player, and I said it's a buy low. And since I said that, he's the 56th ranked player. Now his reality lies in the middle there, like probably 90 to 110. But that's a big win, obviously. PJ Washington was 217th. Since then, he's 97th. Pretty good win. Unfortunately, this next one, it's not good. My name is Richie Cunningham. Kate Cunningham was 195th and went, yeah, that's a buy low. And then he hasn't played since with that shin issue. So yeah, we don't have a ranking on him. His season might be over. And that one is a massive, massive Al. Obviously, I didn't expect a potential season-ending shin surgery to hit Cade Cunningham, because if I did at that point, I wouldn't have suggested he was a buy-low. But there you go. Cunningham has not played. 
since we did it. I, th- I can't remember if when we did that show that he was he'd missed a little bit of time, like a couple of games with shin soreness. I'm like, oh, it's a great opportunity. I can't remember if that was the case, but I know that at this point I didn't know that he was a chance or likely to miss the season. But that's enough. No, no matter what, you, no matter how you frame it, Kevin Porter Jr. was 194th. He's 47th since then. So while it is obvious to go, well, Josh Hart won't be 250th and Washington won't be 217th and Porter won't be 194th, and I agree. That's obvious they wouldn't be that. They've all improved significantly. Porter to 47th, Hart to 56th. Right, Big, big jumps up. And that's how a lot of this stuff happens. And that's how Porter ends up as the 75th or 85th or 90th best player and how Hart ends up as the 90th best player because you have times when they're outside the top 200 and times when they're inside the top 50 and it balances out. So now you've run this little hot streak. So, you know, I'm not going to include these guys as sell highs, but Josh Hart at 56 is a sell high. Kevin Porter at 47 is probably a sell high because that's just how this stuff works. Trey Young was 68th. He's now 18th. I still think there might be even a little bit more improvement in Trey Young. This was obvious to me that he was going to improve from that little level, obviously, because I included it on the show, and that's a win as well. And in terms of the sell highs, I think nearly all of those are wins too. Spencer Dinwiddie was 18th, and we talked about the stuff that he was doing that had no chance of sticking, and it didn't stick. He's 120th since then, and that's probably about right. In that 90 to 100 range is probably fair enough for Dinwiddie as we move forward. Jeremy Grant was 19th. He was cranking, and then Lillard went out, and he's gotten worse. 93rd. I think 93rd is probably an expectation where Grant can be in the 70 to 90 range because he was doing some stuff that was impossible to stick. That's what all this is about. Toby Harris hasn't really dropped. He dropped a little bit, but I still think there's more decline coming from Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. 51st he was. He's 63 since then. I think he moved down to the 80s, but the absence of Embiid, Harden, Maxi is helping his numbers. Max Struess was 75th, and despite everyone being injured, Hero, Butler, Bam missed some time, um, Robinson, Vincent, he's 160th since then because what he was doing was unsustainable on percentages. It wasn't. It was some of it just minutes, and I think it might. I don't think Struess is going to remain must roster. And then the other one is uh, old mate for the Lakers, Lonnie Walker. Hello. He was 91st. I didn't think that would continue. It did not. He's 139th. I actually think it might get worse from here for Lonnie with the addition now of Schroeder. I just don't think he's very good, as you're well aware, and I don't think he's got a good enough fantasy game to maintain anywhere near top 100 numbers. So if you sold high on him, congratulations. I think you ended up doing very well. So let's do five buy lows, five sell highs. A reminder, if your player that you want to hear about is not on this list, that does not mean they are not a buy low. It does not mean that they are not a sell high. We have five, well, I choose five guys of each category and I talk about them. So if there's someone that you think should be a buy low or sell high and you want to drop it in the comments below, go ahead and do it. But this is not a exhaustive list. That's the word I'm trying to find. Okay. Let's talk about a buy low. Maga Porter Jr. He, over the last two weeks, Maga is 246th in category leagues, 166th in points leagues. He's dealing with a heel injury at the moment. That further um, benefits his buy-low candidacy. Of course, there's the risk that he, we Cade Cunningham, and we turned out he's like, you know, his heel's fallen off, and he's got to get a prosthetic heel fitted, and he can't play for two years. Like That's possible. He's averaging just 21.6 fantasy points. His season number is 27.39. I actually think he can do more than that as the season progresses. So what's holding him back? He's only played four games over these last two weeks because the heel. Um... This is an elite shooter, a man who told us he would be a 50% three-point shooter. 
All right, over the last four games, he's shooting 19% from three. So while you are a good three-point shooter, Mick, um, you're not that good, and it's a huge, huge slump. We do expect him to bounce back and be a 40% guy, but that's shocking. So he's at 36.7 overall field goals. He's at 46. That's a 10 percentage point drop. Really easy to see that improve. Even his free throws are at 70%, down to 80. Now, you're always got to be careful acquiring Magaporta Jr. because his back could you know, bend like a pipe cleaner at any point. Allegedly, his heel is falling off. Anything can happen with this bloke. But yeah, if you can acquire him at a cheap, cheap price, the worst two players, two guys outside the top 100, I would do it. Now, in saying all this, he's only ranked 97th per game this year. He was erroneously, I think, ranked in the top 55 in the preseason by fantasy sites, which was stupid. Um, and he's not going to get hit that, but he's better than this. The other thing that's also happening with him is, yes, he's playing 29 minutes a night, but that's what he's playing for the season. And um, the rebounds, 4.8 versus 6. And you might think that's not very much. That's not a big difference. It actually is. It's a 25% decrease around that mark anyway. It's it's a big difference. And, and it makes it makes an impact on his fantasy value. It's like a 0.4 standard score swing, which is decent enough. So with Maga Porter Jr., like throw two top 100, uh, two guys between 100 and 120 to get him. Because I, while I have doubts about the injuries, while I have doubts about a lot of stuff with him, I don't think he's a 19% three-point shooter. I don't think he's a 37% overall guy from the field. And I don't think he's a 70% free throw guy. I think all of that stuff can easily improve. Let's go to Orlando. Palo Banquero. Oh, actually, maybe we won't do that yet. We'll get to Palo in just a second because today's episode is brought to you by Sweatblock. Yes, the good folks at Sweatblock are back. Jennifer, we've solved her problem. Now, Pamela. Have you heard about Pamela? Pamela would hide in the office bathroom every 30 minutes to dry off her armpits so no one would see the wet circles under her arms. Well, she finally has her life back thanks to Sweatblock. And it's great because office gossip was like, where's Pamela? She's in the toilet again. What's wrong with this lady? Is she boozing at work? She can't hold, she can't hold it? Are there massive gastric problems here? Um, do you need to see a gastroenterologist, Pamela? Because there are problems. We, we actually don't care about your sweat. We're worried about you blowing up the bathroom every 30 minutes. So you can kill two, two birds with one stone here by getting Sweatblock. Sweatblock gives you the confidence to wear what you want without embarrassing sweat. Sweatblock wipes were featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters. And we know that firefighters, they work in a hot environment, which is going to induce sweat. So if you or someone you love, like Pamela, is experiencing embarrassing sweat and toilet runs, or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available at Amazon. Now, I've given you the spoiler. Let's talk Paulo Banquero, who has returned from ankle injury and the ranking is dreadful. 328th since his return and 108th in points leagues. So it's not just the category league that's the turning, it's points. He's averaging 28 fantasy points versus the 38 that he was averaging over the course of the year. Obviously, not good. And yes, it's only three games, but it's not because of minutes. He's playing 35 a night. He's averaging 20 points per game. So what the hell is going on? Well, he cannot hit free throws. And we talked about him a lot in the preseason saying, yeah, he's going to be good, but there is going to be a, a deficit with the free throws. He's only like a 71 or 72% guy at Duke. And the thing with him is the volume has been so massive 
8.4 free throw attempts per game, that if you're hitting, uh, taking that many free throws and you're hitting them below average, it's going to cook you. And over the three games since he's returned, 59% on nine attempts per game. That makes you almost Giannis-level punt free throw. So that drops it significantly. And while that has an uh, impact on your overall ranking, not hitting your free throws also impacts your scoring. Because every free throw you hit, if you aren't aware, is worth one point. So while it does, you, know, you can say, oh, you punt free throws, that boosts him up. And that's absolutely true, 100% true. Right? But it also means you're missing out on one to two points per game at the line, which impacts you go from being a 23-point-per-game guy to a 20-point-per-game guy. That's what that impacts it. But it's not just that. He's hitting at just 47% from two. As a big man, that's pretty rough. He's at 51% for the season. I think he can probably be a 52 guy, maybe. Best case, push to a 52% guy. He also started off the season blocking every shot in the world. And one of the other things we we worried with him, and that's why at the start of the year, we said, I think Jabari Smith might actually have the better fantasy profile. Chet has the best one, but we think Jabari might have the better fantasy profile because Paolo didn't have good steal and block numbers. Now, for the he started off red hot in that area. He's at 0.7 steals and 0.7 blocks now. Hasn't blocked a single shot since he returned. So while we don't expect him to be great in that area, not blocking any shots hurts. Not in the, the steals are bad for the year as well. And also, the assist numbers are down. Nine assists over three games since returning. And we're going to have Fultz and Anthony return today. So we'll see what the ball handling responsibilities look like. So while he's been great, he's outside the top 100 on a per-game basis. And he's falling at the moment. Now, the problem with buying low on him is the name value. And people love scoring. So it might be hard to do. And don't be throwing top 70 guys out there. Don't expect him to be a top 70 player. I wouldn't. What you need to do is just try and find the people that get frustrated. Find the people that absolutely really like embrace the percentages. And go, oh, man, he's killing me. He's killing me. Because that's the way you get people. I can't with this guy. He's killing my percentages. So look for that manager. And then if they've got Polo, because he's killing him. He is hurting a lot. And that's where you're snaffling. But remember, if you get him, you're going to have your percentages get hurt. So there's a, a balance and a trick in doing that. Let's talk about another rookie. Now, I have been on record over the last week of saying that I would drop Keegan Murray. And I absolutely would. Not a problem with that at all. I, w- I think he will get better as the season goes on. And I did say something the other day with him that was false, and I'll talk about that in a second. Something that I, I misrepresented. Um, but not everyone's in a 10-team league. Not everyone's in a 12-team league. Some of you are in a 14-team league. Some of you are in a 16-team league. So while I do think in a 12-team league that it's not worth having Keegan Murray, if you're in anything deeper, I think there's a buy-low opportunity because he's been dreadful. 349th over the last week, or two weeks, 281st. In points leagues, he's averaging 12 fantasy points. 12. You know how hard that is to do as a starter? Well, he's only averaging 19 for the season, so he's been really bad. And he's a guy that I had like in the 90, 95 range, I think before the year, um, because I thought he'd play 30 a night and at least some stuff would translate over, but none of it has. He looks bad. But there are a few things here that are going to come up. He's averaging just 22.8 minutes a game over the last two weeks. He's at 29 for the season. Now, the reason he's playing those few minutes is because he's bad and they're trying to win. I think that is going to push back up to 30. He's also hitting an insane 27% from the field. And this is what I was wrong. I was talking about him and Jabari Smith the other day saying, well, I think the major reason why I have more faith in Jabari improving is because he was shooting so poorly, whereas Keegan, it's just that he's playing badly, so his minutes are down and the overall profile is not there. But I was wrong on that because he's obviously shooting terribly. So I didn't actually, I, somehow I got that confused in my head because he's shooting at a horrendous rate, 14% on threes, 
27% from the field? Like, that's shithouse. Is he a good shooter? Is he a good player? Absolutely not. He's not at this point at all. But 14% on threes, 39% on twos. I don't care who you are. Like, if, look, I was going to say Tony Snell, but he is actually a good shooter. Like, this shit's going to improve. So that 27% from the field, it's going to improve. He's also averaging 0.2 steals over his last six games. Now, he's only at 0.8 for the season. He was a massive steals and blocks guy in college, and that level was never going to translate, especially the blocks. But the steals are very low. There is plenty of scope for all this to improve. This is more of a buy low in that, hey, I am in a position where my team is great in a 12-team league and I can sit on him. I'm in a deeper league, a 16-team league, a 14-team league, and I can acquire him at a cheap price because 27% won't stick. 0.2 steals likely won't stick, and 23 minutes likely won't stick. And 12 fantasy points, well, if he stays at 12 fantasy points, then they might as well cut him. Like <laughs> That's a joke, obviously, but he's shithouse. He's bad. And there is a lot of improvement that can come here. A few weeks ago, Budrick Heald was on the sell high show. And now he's on the buy low show because that's how it works. There we not not so much this year. In the past, people would criticize me a lot for this. Man, how can you say he's a buy, a buy low now? Two weeks ago, he's a sell high. Mate, you don't know what you're talking about. You just change your mind all the time. Like, yes, I do. You do change your mind. You, it's literally what you have to do. You have to adjust to what's happening at the time. And that's where we're at with Bud. 144th over the last week, 135th in points. He's averaging just 24.9 points. He's at 29 for the season. And yes, there might be an impact of him being traded at some point, but this is just a slump for Budrick. He's hitting just 34% of his shots. Now, he's had some rough goes in the past. He's only at 42% for the season, but I don't think Buddy Hill's a 34% shooter. The 42% for the year, that could actually probably improve as well. But this is a guy that we know is an elite three-point shooter. He's hitting 30% of them. He's at 37 for the season. So even if he pushes just 35, 36, considering that he takes, what is it, like 67% of his shots from three, that's such a big influence on his overall field goal percentage. He's also a guy that was getting a lot of assists to start the year. They've disappeared because Halliburton's getting 15 a game, but only two a game over the last eight. He's down from 2.7 for the season. I think that Hill we should look at as a top 90 sort of a player. But the way that he's playing at the moment, if I give it anyone that's like top 100, top 110, like that sort of range in that 100 to 120 area, I would trade them for Buddy Heald pretty quickly. Because again, the minutes, maybe they stay at 31. Maybe the assists stay at two. Yeah, 34% shooting and 30% from three isn't likely to stick for Heald. And that's going to bump him way up. And we see that when he has a hot streak, that he goes from 140th to 20th. It's really, really simple to see. Another guy that... And the reason I included this player on here, Fred Van Vliet, is because I know people are frustrated with what Fred Van Vliet um, sometimes does in fantasy. And it happened now. And this is where what I do um, in using this is, is hearing what people say and hearing the sorts of ideas or the sorts of thoughts people have. And people get frustrated with someone like this. and go, oh, if you're getting frustrated, that means there is someone who would sell him for a cheap price. Van Vliet's only 43rd this season, which is a big drop-off. Now, I had him in the 30s, I think, in the preseason because there was a couple of things I said. Either he's going to play big minutes and get hurt or they are going to drop his, his minutes down a little bit. And they have dropped his minutes a little bit, like down by one minute per game, but it's not just that. It's the shooting. Well, first of all, let's start with fantasy points. 152nd over the last two weeks, 84th in points leagues. He's averaging 31 fantasy points versus 39 for the season. Why? Because he's hitting 32% of his shots. Now, he's not a good shooter. Correction, he's not a good field goal percentage guy. But 32 is low. He's at 38 for the season. He was at 40 last season, 39 the year before that, 41 the year before that. Like there is, he can still be bad, 
while improving significantly. And again, he's a punt field goal guy. We know this. But there's a difference between being a punt field goal guy at 38 versus being at 32. And not in terms of what it means for their ranking, but what it means in terms for their scoring. Because the lower your field goal percentage, the lower amount of shots that you're hitting, meaning that your scoring goes down and most likely your three-pointers go down. He's only hitting 27.8% from three when he's at 38 for the year. And he was at 38 last year and 37 the year before that and 39 the year before that. Track record of this. And there's a bloke that gets tons of steals. And over the last four games, he has two steals combined. All that stuff makes you go from 40th to 152nd. Hit some more threes, mate. Hit an extra three per game. Get a steal per game. And you're back into the top 50. It's really as simple as that. And people react really quickly. This guy costs me my matchup. He shot 31% from the field. He costs me the matchup. Where are the steals? This guy's so frustrating. Yeah, cool. I'll have him for a top 80 guy if you want to give him up. I'll have him. They might not do it. And that's what a, a, a buy low isn't get this guy at all costs. It's get him at value. Like, don't trade a top 50 player because there's no value in that. Get him for a cheaper price. If not, let it go. Let it go. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online, the number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from basketball to football, the World Cup, esports. They've got it all at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Now, my Miami Dolphins, so my all-conquering Miami Dolphins, we play the 49ers this weekend in week 13 of the NFL. We're we're just crushing teams, but we're underdogs against the Niners. Four points. I That's the disrespect. But that's fine. You can go on ha- over to Bet Online and have a look and bet that if you want. If you believe into a tug of Iloa, like I do, the MVP, whether we're going to win that game or the Super Bowl, hey, check it out at betonline.net. So head to that website today. Use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online is where the game starts. Let's go to some sell highs. Is it obvious? Yes. But again, haven't still come up with the right term for this. But the people who have Shake Milton um, have this idea. Like, can you still get 30 minutes when Harden and Maxi come back? He can still be top 70, yeah? Yeah, he can still do that because they love what's happening. And why wouldn't you love what's happening? Shake Milton is the 19th ranked player over the last two weeks. He's averaging, and sorry, in points, he's the 28th ranked player. He's averaging 39 fantasy points. For the season, he's at 20. What's happening? How realistic is it? He's playing 38 minutes a night. So there you go. Obviously not going to happen. Not going to happen. And he's doing the thing that I talk about where he's parlaying high minutes with high usage, with high efficiency, with increasing rate stats. All of it comes together to make the guy look unbelievable. Like he could play 38 minutes, but could have dropped his shooting percentages, could have dropped his assist rate, and it wouldn't look anywhere near as appealing. But everything is bumping at once, making him look amazing. He's only averaging 23 minutes a night for the season. And in his games that he played off the bench, 14 minutes. Now, do I think he's maybe earned 14 more than 14 minutes? Probably, yeah. But what's he going to get on a healthy team? 20, maybe. 20, yeah, maybe. The other thing is that last season, per 36 minutes, he averaged 4.2 assists. This season, 6.3 assists. So again, not only is he in a situation where he's getting more playing time to get the raw numbers up, but the assists are rolling at a higher rate as well. And I looked a little bit into this. His potential assist to assist ratio is miles above where league average is, which is normally it's about 0.5. It's normally about 0.5, where you get 
you know, say, um, double the amount of potential assists versus your actual assists. Yeah, potential assists are when you throw it to someone, there's a pass, and that it would have counted an assist if they got it in. But his potential assist number is like the ratio, instead of being around 0.5, it's 0.4, meaning that his teammates are making shots at a level that is higher than um, average. So normally, if you average like five assists, you would expect you'd have about 10 potential assists. That's that's a sort of normal normal ratio usually, around that mark. But he's at like seven assists or whatever it is over the last little bit of time with only like 10 potential assists, meaning that basically a, hu- a larger proportion of his passes that would be assists are getting converted versus what the average is where the ratio is like at 0.51 or something, and he's at 0.38. So there's a chance that not only will his passing or his assist numbers drop, that the fact that his teammates are hitting those shots at a higher rate than usual, maybe that comes back to average and drops everything off. It's getting a little bit granular with stuff, but that, that's important to know. And you know, sometimes it, whether you've got a 0.5 ratio or a 0.49 ratio or a 0.51 ratio on potential assist to assist, it doesn't matter. But when you go from 0.5 to 0.38, it's a big difference. He's also, again, we talk about assists, minutes, and he's hitting 50% from three. All right, he hit 32% last season. He is a solid shooter. Maybe he's a 37, 38 guy. He's not a 50 guy. So everything is tied in perfectly. If I could get any top 50 player for Shake at this point, I would do it. And of course, every day that passes, his value drops on the trade market because we're one day closer to Harden returning and one day closer to Maxi returning. So I would always be looking at it. And yes, if you trade him for a top 50 player now, you will lose out over the next two weeks. You will lose, most likely. But there is also a chance that while he is starting, he moves and becomes the 50th best player because that shooting drops, the assist rate drops, the 38 minutes perhaps drop. His free throw attempt rate, I believe, is pretty high as well. Yeah, look, a four of free throw attempts per game. Maybe that falls off. There's a lot here that can drop. Let's go to Golden State. Look at Draymond Green, who, again, people wanted to drop this guy at the start of the year. He's a 28th ranked player in category leagues over the last two weeks, 62nd in points leagues. He's averaging 33 fantasy points versus 29 for the season. That's not a big discrepancy, but there are clear indicators here on Draymond as to why this won't stick. 32 minutes, yeah, maybe he plays 32. That, that's possible. 77% shooting. Draymond, for comparison, was 52 last season. The year before that, he was 45. The year before that, he was 39 from the field. He's at 77. It's only on five attempts per game, but it is fueled by an insane 83% from two and 63% from three. For reference, Draymond hit 29.6% of his threes last season. He's at 62.5. This is, again, low volume, but it is such a massive, massive influence on his overall value. And while it is, it's only five attempts per game, that field goal percentage is contributing 1.43 standard score, whereas last season he was at 0.34. It's a big difference. And his free throws, which were 66 last season, 69.7 this season. Well, up to 79 over the last six games. Is anyone giving you a top 30 player for Draymond Green? Probably not. If someone gave you a top 50 player, I'd probably do it. The assists are up as well. Everything's up for him at the moment. It's a really hot stretch. And while I think Draymond's a useful fantasy player, I know that those three percentages have zero chance of sticking. His true shooting is 86 His true shooting last season was 58. There is going to be a gigantic crash. 
Let's talk gigantic crashes and let's talk Anthony Simons, who's the 34th ranked player in category leagues and 36th in points leagues. He's averaging 38 fantasy points over the last two weeks versus 35 for the season. Is it because Damian Lillard's out? Of course it is. It's not just that, though. He's playing 37 minutes a night. In fact, 42 minutes a night over the last three games. But he's doing it again with that thing that we talk about. Now, he's an 89% free throw shooter this season, which is brilliant. It's so good. But over the last seven games, he's at 94. So you go from 94, which is ludicrous, to 89, still ridiculous. It drops in value quite a bit. Also, this guy averaged half a steal a game last season. He's at 1.3 over the last seven games. That is a massive difference. And it's got nothing to do with Lillard being out or not. It's just coincidental. He's also at 5.3 assists per 36 minutes in the games that he's played without Damian Lillard this season. In the games when he plays with Damian Lillard, it drops by one. That's a 20% decrease. He's at 4.3 per 36. 20% decrease in assist rate. Minutes are up. Combining that with higher steals and with high free throw percentage, well, you're going to suffer. I think he's a guy that's going to be top 100, but probably in the 70 to 80 range, or maybe even the 90s, not the top 40. If I could get a top 50 player back in a trade, I would do that. He is 55th for the season, but remember Lillard has been out for basically half of that time, and we're going to see that number push backwards and backwards, I think, as we move forward. Go back to Golden State. Should have probably had this in a different order. Let's talk about Clay Thompson, who's 50th over the last two weeks. 80th in points leagues, averaging 31 fantasy points versus 27 for the season. And while Clay really struggled to start the year, and we thought that he would improve a little bit on that, I was really worried that he was cooked. But he has responded. Last six games, 53% from three. Now, he's a great three-point shooter. He's not that. He's not that good. He's at 40% for the season. I think he's more of a 39% guy, maybe. And it's going to round out about there. That's a big difference, though. 53% on threes. And when Clay Thompson... He's hitting those shots and 62, 63% of his shots are coming from deep. When you hit him at that rate, it influences your numbers a lot. He's also averaging 23 points per game. Usage is at 25, but his number prior for the season is at 17.7. So he's scoring his way up. He's also getting to the line more. It's not a big amount, but it's a 50% increase from 1.5 free throw attempts to 2.3. And we know he's an elite free throw shooter. So going from that situation where you were barely getting to the line and hitting 81% to getting there 50% more and hitting at a slightly higher rate, it pushes everything up. He's still only 130th for the season, but he's 40th um, over the last two weeks, 50th, sorry, over the last two weeks. And there is, what would I accept for, what would I do with Clay in a trade? I think he's probably like an 80 to 90 guy. If he gave me a top 65 player, a top 70 player, I'd probably do it. I'd probably trade him away for that. I just don't, again, with the missed games as well. And this next one is, I think, also obvious. It's Caleb Martin, who, when everyone was healthy, did nothing. Like, just provided nothing for fantasy. 43rd ranked player over the last two weeks. 63rd in points leagues, averaging 33 fantasy points and 25 fantasy points for the season. So what's happening? Well, I think it's pretty obvious what's happening. Tyler Hero's been out. Jimmy Butler is out. Gabe Vincent is out. Duncan Robinson is out. Victor Oladipo is out. Over the last seven games, he's averaging 40 minutes. There you go. There's the number one thing. He was at like 29 minutes when people were healthy. It's a, that's, that's the difference, right? That's your big difference. He's also hitting, again, doing the thing which makes them a sell high. Minutes are up, and then you're also not missing a shot. Now, he's at 41% from three. He was a 40% three-point shooter last season. He's a 40% three-point shooter this season. That's all fine. But he's at 63% from two. Fail to believe that's real. He's also gone from 5.2 rebounds to 6.4. Now, that's minutes-based. 
Remember, this was a guy who was like the 145th best player in 29 minutes a game when players were healthy. And do we expect Jimmy Butler to be healthy every game? No. But I also don't expect to have Hero, Butler, uh, Robinson, Vincent, um, every bloody bloke on this team. Struess at times out at the one time. I, I don't expect that. So if I could get any top 100 player for Caleb Barton, I would absolutely do it. Because again, he had some decent games. And Butler is going to be up and down. But this is just a stretch where there's just such a phenomenal amount of players that are out. That it's just he's not, he's not playing forty minutes a night. Let's let's note we know that he's not playing forty a night. He's not shooting sixty three percent from two. I, I tell you that right now. So all that stuff is going to drop. He might be he might be the hundred tenth best player. Might be the hundred twentieth best player. I'll take a top one hundred guy back. Guys, in the comments again, who do you think is a buy low sell high? Which of these do you disagree with? Do you think that these some of these buy low guys are going to remain terrible? Do you think some of the sell highs are going to remain great? Drop it in the comments below. Follow me. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey. And on YouTube, please thumb it up. Please ring the bell. Please subscribe. I beg you. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.